0: Hello and welcome. We're Femme Noir. This show is all about women, specifically in film. We're going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. And we can't wait for you to join us. Tune in and listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Fem Noir Podcast. We have three hosts again. So I'm Victoria. I'm Serena and I'm Whitney and this week is really special so in addition to all three of us hosts we're going to have a guest on later on um, a filmmaker um, who wrote and directed the film Cohabitation um, which is free to watch on Tubi Mm -hmm. right yes Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Cut that out. Um, and But first, we're going to start. So we switched up um, our formatting for this season. So we're going to start off by um, talking about uh, just like latest gossip trends, movies that are coming out. Um, then we'll go into things that we're excited to see um, or things that we've seen recently that we really liked. Then um, for this episode, we're just going to dive in um, and talk with the filmmaker, ask her questions. Um, get a a little insider perspective on the makings of the movie Um, and I think that'll be it for this episode we're not going to do FMF like we normally do we're not going to like give recommendations and that kind of stuff Um, I think because it would be just a super long episode (laughs) Um, but we were having a discussion beforehand already about Black Panther Um, and so that is the first movie I wanted to talk about because it's been trending and supposedly really good i mean you guys both saw it but i haven't seen it yeah. yet oh so, yep um but i wanted to read because y- i know you weren't trying to spoil it i'm not too big on spoilers like i don't really care um my friend Aaliyah saw it and put on letterboxd her review and she marked it as spoilers so i was like "Fuck it i'll just read it but she said um she didn't give it a star rating but she said um I'm excited for Ironheart and more representation. I was a little annoyed at the black and brown communities fighting. Meanwhile, the American government is sitting out plotting their continued efforts in being the problem. Um, And I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. I had no idea, like, America was even in this movie. Like, last time it was pretty contained. So I was like, whoa, that's kind of intense. So, yeah, I don't know how that's a spoiler, but I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing to look out for when I watch it.
1: Oh yeah, it's kind of a spoiler, but like I feel like if you literally watch the trailer, like you, there's obviously another person, like other than the Wakandans that is in the movie. (laughs) The guy with his dick. That guy.
0: The who? (laughs) Have you guys? (laughs) God, (laughs) have you guys not seen how they green screen that guy's dick out? (laughs) No. The, no, the, um, he's like really hot. I don't know. He's like the, water he is. Guy. He's very, pretty. yeah. Yeah. Um, his on Twitter, is mm-hmm. what is it? His acting is great. Mm hmm. Yeah. I don't know who that guy is. He's really hot. But on Twitter, it was like going around because there's like behind the scenes photos and he's wearing like green pants, right? But his <laughs> bulge is like huge. And in the movie, it's like flat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So they had to like Stop, edit it That's down. so funny. Wow. I should send
0: you guys the, or I'll put it in the server I too. Not, but I'll send you guys a picture. I did not
1: know. <laughs> I did not. I, I wasn't looking. <laughs> yeah, I had no
2: clue that they had to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Good for him. Oh my god, I know. Right. That's, that's hilarious. A good one to have. Yeah. Well, yeah. That guy is basically like the king of his people, and they're like. I think they're Mayan. Mm -hmm. like they have a lot of that history in there which is honestly dope like it's so cool and like yeah i guess there's like a little bit like it's it it's the same kind of struggle that is a struggle anywhere where it's kind of like hey we're minority groups and we have to like protect our own and then there's always the the biggest bad that's like "Mm, okay maybe we should fight the biggest bad first you know like (laughs) like yeah like, but none of the there isn't like hatred. There's no like hatred there between the groups. It's just a literal. It's just like a plot conflict.
0: Mm.
2: It's. I mean, it's hard to like not give
0: spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. at this point, like, yeah, I know that people who are listening probably care more than me. Um, probably. Yeah, and it's still really. It just came out.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, overall, like, I I liked it. I'm going to see it again just because I saw it um, when it came out just because I was like, oh, I wonder if I can get tickets. Like, LOL, I just happen to be free tonight. And then I did, and I was like, oh, nice. Um, but my family wanted to watch it all together, so I'm going to see it with them on Thanksgiving.
0: Oh yay! Yeah.
2: yeah. I definitely want to see it again. I, with Marvel movies... I very rarely, like, I will definitely see it multiple times, but I very rarely, like, want to see it multiple times. Um, (laughs) But this one, like, as soon as I walked out of the theater, I'm like, should I just buy another ticket now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What
1: that good? Oh, my gosh. Like, I have my grievances with it, but I can't do that without spoiling it, so. Oh, damn. Once you watch it, we can just do a review.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
1: And it technically fits, because I guess the spoiler alert, Shuri and, like, the Queen are basically the main characters, because mm -hmm. T'Challa is no longer with us.
2: So, one of the things that they really wanted to do with this movie was definitely make it more, like, female-focused, which they did, and they did really, really well. So well, that, like, I actually haven't seen a lot of um, the, like, male comic book community complaining about it because anything that's female oriented or female focused that's comic book
1: it's because they didn't market it as female centric female oh yeah if it's marketed as like feminine then they're that's gonna know. true they're gonna know yeah you don't tell them they won't they won't they won't
2: <laughs> but I mean if you oh like if God. you actually really watch the movie there's like maybe three or four like main guys
1: i I would say there's like literally only three
0: (laughs) yeah wow there's
1: namor who's the the flying water guy water god there's um mbaku which Mm -hmm. everyone loves because he's hilarious and then their token white guy
0: there's a white
2: guy martin freeman yeah yeah he's, oh, <laughs> right the F-
1: was that the fbi he or is? shield or something i don't remember but he's like a C- fbi C- he's the only, like, white person in the first movie that's like a main character <laughs> i
2: forgot about that that's his so american funny. accent got better though
1: i will it admit did. that i honestly was like this is so weird when i was mm-hmm. listening to it i was like because <laughs> i'm so used to like his hobbit voice.
2: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I you're forgot he was in that. I was thinking Sherlock.
1: Me too. Yeah, that's <laughs> you. <laughs>
0: that's so funny. They, uh, yeah. Yeah kind of a non sequitur but you mentioned you were like oh like it's not marketed as for women like just don't tell them whatever i just recently because i saw like i don't know if it was a tiktok or youtube video or whatever about like why they changed the new girl intro (laughs) from like remember like in the beginning she was like it was a whole song and a dance number and then Mm -hmm. season four it's just like pictures of the cast and like kind of a catchy jingle yeah yeah um they changed it because what's her name the main girl what's her name fuck jess yeah Jess. If, i can't remember the song
1: <laughs> what happened so we did chanel so i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought you went the character's name i was like the song is literally who's that girl it's jess like that's it
0: so <laughs> Chanel. she said in the interview that the network said that the original jingle theme song whatever was turning off men from the show and so they were like we have even to even though there's it. like
1: two women in the show
0: and i was like dude who the fuck like if you like the show watch the show we don't give a fuck if you don't like the jingle like like just gonna be like actually it. this is gonna make me turn- like that's just crazy and also the fact that it like made a difference because i loved the original intro i thought it was so yeah, cute it was and like horrible. funny it was like the perfect show of the dynamic you know yeah um, it
1: was like a perfect representation of what the show's gonna be <laughs>
0: literally that's and so just dumb because the men were like it's too girly whatever bro you're watching new girl whatever Actually, we don't
1: get cool jingles anymore <laughs> just
0: kidding men ruin everything but anyway <laughs> i haven't seen
2: new girl but if it was up to me i'd just get it rid of well i do yeah. like 10 second intros
0: maximum i just yeah, it's it's literally it's she sings that girl
1: it's just that's it.
0: Really? No, no, okay. It to, no, it used to be longer. Do you remember Yeah, it used to be like one? that,
1: but just like, a little hey, bit. Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. I
0: liked it. <laughs> hey, girl.
1: What, what you doing? Do it? <laughs> I'm so cute.
0: <laughs> I liked it. That but, yeah. you, though. I love intros. Like, I almost... If it's, like, a good one, I'll never skip the intro. I'll watch the same one over and over. Yeah. I, I
2: binge so much TV, and not every... Uh, show you can just like skip intro so if I'm like doing a couple hour binge and I'm hearing the intro you know three four five times depending on you know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. I'm over it I hate it like yeah
1: (laughs) sometimes it's just so good that I'm like I have to watch it like I think me and my brother were watching the politician on Netflix we were like dude this intro like not only was it just like really like Like, just the intro was very cool. Like, all the cinema and, like, all the props and, like, just how they did it was super interesting. And we were like, oh, this is, like, super neat. So we would watch it every single time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I did that with, like, the Marvel um, Netflix shows, like, Daredevil. Yeah, like, Daredevil. The intros were so cool. And they were, like, so moody. And it would just get you, like, in the mood. Like, it was perfect. Unskippable. So good.
2: I think there's only one intro. That I've ever really liked, and it was the original Teen Titans on Cartoon oh, Network.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: that's a fact. Teen Titans. Yeah, that's just so loud. When there's trouble, you know.
1: Okay. Look. Well, what I just recently realized that all of the the entirety of the original Teen Titans, like cartoon from Cartoon Network, is on Hulu. I don't know why. Know. not Hulu. HBO. Yeah, it was on HBO, oh. and, like, I had no idea. And I was like, are you serious? So then I was watching them, because I was like, yeah.
0: That's good that it's still up there, that it yeah,
1: like, all survived,
0: because they took a lot of, like, kids' cartoons down. Yeah, they did. I don't know if once... they would
1: consider that one a kids' cartoon anymore. Really? Yeah. Well, like, the, the Teen Titans Go, maybe, but the regular Teen Titans? Yeah. Is it, like, kids if it's, like, like, Older, I guess, older kids. Because at the time it was targeted, but like everyone that like watches it is our age.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's like
1: nostalgia. Like it's purely nostalgia. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're like forcing (laughs) other kids to watch it because we're like, you need to know what good TV is. (laughs)
0: Literally, yeah. It's good. Yeah.
1: (gasps) Speaking of good TV for kids. The third season of Dragon Prince finally came out, and I am literally so psyched. Um, I have been waiting until my brother and sister don't have COVID anymore so that I can go over and watch the whole season. They both have COVID. <laughs> Our family, my family got COVID, but I don't live with them. So <gasps> like, they got it. Oh my god. And I did So I've just been like waiting. like, come on, you guys. Be better so that I can freaking watch the show because it's driving me insane. I've waited so long for this. Whoa. That show is absolutely amazing. Dang! I will force I every child okay. I ever have to babysit to watch The Jacket Prince.
0: <laughs> you guys can just it's watch so that Don't they have like, per- like shit? You can watch it on like Discord or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <we're> good. <laughs> Digital movie night. That's yeah. so good. So good. So yeah. Okay, I was just wondering what fun. you guys have been watching.
1: Recently. I also watched the entirety of the english which is on um (laughs) this is actually kind of funny not the story but just my thoughts while watching it uh it's on amazon prime and it's emily blunt and uh i literally can't remember his name because i was like watching the show and i was like this guy literally looks so familiar who is this guy and so i think it was like cha chelsea
0: spencer char chelsea i don't know who that is it's a british guy
1: no so basically (laughs) it's emily it's a western and it's emily blunt and um a native american guy and they basically end up crossing paths and then they're both of their paths end up being like intertwined to like the same like focal point of each of their like vengeance so they're both trying to exact their vengeance and they're like wait both of our like revenge targets are connected like work together and so they work together and it's great it is such a good like it's such a good western too oh my goodness wait is this a
2: movie or a tv show
1: tv show but it's it's only like eight episodes like Uh, i watched the whole thing
2: it it sounds similar (laughs) to a movie i just can't that i know like there's a movie that sounds similar to that should i say I just can't I can't remember the title, but it sounds like a movie, so I thought I might have known what you were talking
1: about, <laughs> oh yeah, so I'm watching it and I'm like, this guy looks so familiar, like who is he? And so like I look him up on like the the IMDB and it's like trustking Spencer. I'm like, dude, literally, what was he in because he looks so familiar and like of course, my first reaction was like, oh my God, he's so pretty. And then I realized that he's the guy that plays Sam in. The twilight movies basically like the the dad the, the like chief wolf
0: <laughs> What? I don't the
1: mean, stop, you're joking one <laughs> i did busy? not know he was actually indigenous like i did not know that oh, and he then is
0: actually
1: yeah he is i was Good like oh because i don't know for some reason i thought twilight was like all like, white people yeah yeah like I, I thought they were all like Taylor Lautner you know where they're like oh me. they're kind of brown looking
0: yeah they're brown. Yeah. Yeah, they're like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
2: no I think yeah. because of Taylor Lautner they tried to be more diverse after they got like a little bit of kickback did they really I, I mean this is stretching my memory but um I want to say yeah when they because the first movie happened the first one that he was in and I that must have been the first movie um
0: yeah. He's in the But picture.
2: he yeah, he um was in it and people were upset that they didn't actually use an indigenous actor. Um and so they yeah, considered recasting really him. Well they considered recasting him partially because um of that and the fact that they didn't think he could bulk up enough, um, you know, post transformation. Um, but then I guess he bulked up enough and enough fans liked him that they kept him.
0: Oh, what God, they're pretty privileged. It's real. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Every
1: time I watch Twilight and I'm like, oh, he's like the guy that like is in charge of like the wolf pack. Like he's the chief of the pack. (laughs) Every time I watch it, I always see him in his human form. I'm like, oh, he's so pretty. And I was like, "That's so funny that I would have the same exact reaction to him years later in something else, and not even." I can't know it. You
0: recognized him. That I was like, crazy. "This guy looks so familiar."
1: It was bothering me so much, but yeah. So that's fun, and he's <laughs> he's doing a great job. He's still acting great. His he did great in this in this show. The English it's it's pretty good. I would definitely recommend. Um, and then I guess speaking of Taylor Lautner, did y'all hear about his um? marriage to Taylor Lautner
0: (laughs) I think it's sweet I
2: think they're so cute wait hold on fill me in
1: so okay so Taylor Lautner was dating this girl named Taylor Dome which I just think is funny because this is now the second person like in the the realm of like just like influencer celebrity culture named Taylor that he has dated like Mm -hmm. publicly and I just think that's funny Mm -hmm. Uh, but not only that they recently like got married and her name was taylor dome um and she decided to take his last name so they're both just taylor lautner
0: i think it's cute it's, <laughs> yeah. it is
2: cute it is cute it's just, but... I'm for them.
1: <laughs> i think it's so funny that it's just like oh all the news that we're getting recently it's just like oh yeah also taylor lautner now has a wife whose name is also taylor lautner <laughs>
0: That's how he's staying relevant right now, because I don't know what the fuck he's been in in a hot second. I don't. Yeah, that's good. He's begging the paparazzi to take pictures of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was yeah. I was like so random, like a random piece of news, but that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I did random. I was, like, that's does so he? Funny. Does
2: he still act? Because I like I, don't I know, know like after Twilight he had a handful of movies, and then I just never heard about him again. I can't
1: yeah, look I mean, him up right now. I know he did that one uh, parkour movie. <laughs> and he just does parkour. I don't know.
2: I know he was in like an action movie, and the poster was him with his shirt off, and people kept making jokes about how he's like contractually obligated to take his shirt off. In well, I his mean, movies. people didn't
1: think that I could bulk up and be that big. You know, I'd probably write <laughs> into my contract like, "Hey." guess what (laughs) you remember you remember what you said about me (laughs) (laughs) may as well (laughs) yeah i worked hard for it
0: (laughs) he's been in a couple things he was in um a couple movies home team run the tide ridiculous six but then it says he was a main role in screen queens i never watched it and a show called cuckoo i don't know i haven't seen those
1: Oops. I swear I watched Scream Queens, so but I don't remember him in it. He was in there, huh? I remember Nick Jonas. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, they had a lot of celebrities, like random. Young, oh yeah, and I think Ariana Grande is like, in Nostalgia celebrities. Hmm. Yeah, Emma right. Roberts. And...
1: I almost rewatched that recently because I was like, because of like Halloween and everything. I was like, hmm, what if I just like watch this? But then I, I, I didn't. I watched the Midnight Club instead. I don't know which what that is. Would you recommend it? Which amazing. Yeah. Is a movie? It's TV. Oh. It's Mike Flanagan, though, who also does movies. He did Hush and Oculus, movie-wise. Yeah. But he did, like, The Haunting of Hell House and Bly Manor, mm. Midnight Mass, and this was mm. his next one. Which is based off of a book, and he's done it, um, I think they co-run the show with another woman. And it's it's pretty neat. How I like you- the way he tells horror because he does like the the like horror as a way to like explore like feelings and trauma and it's just like super interesting to me every time. But this one's really good.
0: I liked it. Anything that you've seen, Whitney, lately that you like? Um
2: uh Netflix's Wendell and Wild. Oh, yes, Peel. it was so good. It was. I really liked it. Um, it was a little bit darker than I thought it it would be, just with her, without trying to spoil too much, with her tragic backstory. Um, but uh, also, I'm not surprised considering who directed it. Um, <laughs> so uh, I really like that. That was good. Um, I'm binging Manifest right now. Which is okay. Um, what
0: is that?
2: It's basically like this plane disappears <laughs> for five years and it comes back just randomly, and everyone who was on the plane like hasn't aged at all. Like they didn't even yeah, know they disappeared like no for five passed. years. Yeah. Um, and so mm-hmm. then, and then you know, weird stuff starts happening, and there's a whole mystery surrounding why the plane disappeared and whatnot. Um, <laughs> But once I finish that, I'm going to start the series that I'm really interested in. And that's going to be Wednesday.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Fucking Jenna Ortega. She is such a queen.
1: That's going to be dope. I
0: can't wait to see her in that. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's the one. That's the show that I'm really looking forward to. Um,
1: Oh. The Sex Life of College Girls came out the next season. There's only two episodes out right now. But they do... Like I think it's a Friday or Thursday release. I can't remember. But yeah, that season two finally dropped. Nice. Mindy Kaling produced. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. Like (laughs) I love this show. (laughs) I think it's great. You also watch it. It's a good like easy watch too, you know?
0: Yeah, it's like just like relaxed comedy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean I think
2: I've seen like the first two episodes and i liked it but then i like ended up watching something else and that took up more of my
0: time and then i forgot to go back
1: <laughs> yeah like it's because i think aren't the episodes like shorter too
0: i love that like a half hour oh perfect For i think what i remember
1: to that yeah and if they aren't then it definitely feels like it mm-hmm. but like yeah it's it's a cute show like, I think that, like, all the characters are fun. The representation's definitely there, like, and, like, the storylines that they talk about are definitely, like, timely and, like, they don't shy away from topics, but they do it in a way where it doesn't feel, like, overwhelming or, like, mm-hmm. like all-encompassing, you know? <laughs> so it's, like, you can watch it and not feel dumb, but also not have
0: a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I've seen that I would want to mention, I tried to watch The Bear and I couldn't get into it. I, I couldn't like, finish it. Yeah, I
2: watched like Is that the one the with the guy in the kitchen? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's the like, premise seemed really interesting, but I was just kind of like, like, what's the story here? It, yeah. It's like it's kind of slow
0: moving.
2: I watched a trailer and it just didn't grab my interest.
0: It, yeah it was just kind of like clunky it was kind of awkward mm-hmm. i felt like the acting was kind of like mm, and then yeah it was like so i think steeped in the concept like, I'm, it, like that four episodes in
1: and i still don't know what it's about
0: yeah and it was like interesting because that one's also it's like 22 minute episodes and so it's like are it's they really, really that short.
1: those episodes are yeah. long <laughs> long yeah <am. laughs>
0: i Bro. felt like they were short sure because i'm like the whole episode like went by so quickly you know like they're not like like you said they're there's the story isn't developing very fast yeah there's it's kind of just like things, things are happening but there's not really like tie-in no
1: progression of a plot like, yeah like, it's but like, like really they keep interacting and talking in the movie or like in the show as if yeah. there is one yeah and so I I don't know like I don't know I'm so confused
0: yeah I, yeah and I was just so interested because and honestly if they paid those people on Twitter then like godspeed to all those people because it worked but I watched it because everyone on Twitter was talking about it and like posting about it and like memes about it or whatever and I was like this looks really good so I'll watch it like I can't they must have fucking paid those people like they propaganda probably <laughs> to work I watched I it I think it got crazy. an award for something oh did yeah, it, I it did. Okay.
1: yeah I just don't know for what
2: I can't yeah. remember.
0: Okay. Um, for this episode, we have a very special guest, writer and director of Cohabitation. Um, Lauren Barker is here um, to talk about her film. Would you like to introduce yourself, Lauren?
3: Yeah. on, guys. My name is Lauren Barker. I'm the writer, director, producer of Cohabitation and some other short films. Um, but this is my first feature film that I made and uh, just got distributed.
1: Yay. Yay. You did it. And when
2: you say distribution, um, where is it being distributed through and where can it be watched?
3: So we got distribution through Indie Rights, and it
2: is streaming
3: on Amazon, Google Play, Tubi, and YouTube.
0: Nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. Amazing. It was so it's so awesome that you reached out um, because we're so happy to have you on. Um, I had a couple of questions um, just kind of based like like to get to know you a little better. Um, I was kind of wondering what your personal um, filmic inspirations are. There's like certain movies or even people that inspire you. Mm -hmm,
3: Definitely. Um, Some of my top films, I really love the Shawshank Redemption. um, And I have for a long time. I also really like Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock. And then there's more. Most recently, um, Celine Siamas' Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yes. (laughs) Film and also I watched after I saw that I watched all of her previous films. Um, So I really like her work as a director. Girlhood
1: is is so um, good.
3: Yeah, Girlhood's amazing. Um, Everything she's done is is really great. And um, as far as people, I mean, I love Jordan Peele. Um, I really like uh saline siama as i mentioned ava duvernay has done some great work Mm. those are some of my top ones
0: Nice. that's great okay that's like kind of a range i've noticed like you kind of like horror but you also like drama and stuff in cohabitation i noticed there was a lot of like different elements of different genres Mm. so it does go from drama to being kind of a thriller to more of a horror um i was wondering if that was intentional and also like what is the draw for you to horror
3: um, yeah, I mean, originally, I, you know, when I started writing, just in general, I was, I was always more drawn to just drama and things without the horror elements. And uh, I got into this script. And it kind of made sense that, you know, the thriller um, elements just kind of were naturally a part of it and made more sense. And so um, I started writing that. And it's it's always really exciting to write. I found that with fire when you've got that thriller thing going on and and certain scenes especially it's like i'm just like typing as fast as i can just like Mm -hmm. the next thing the next thing because it's like so exciting um so i really like that and i think yeah, the draw for me it's always um now that i've done it i am uh i think i've i'm more drawn to horror having done it and uh the draw is just that excitement and also that thing where you know you can kind of get out of um just like normal life and and thinking about, OK, what, what if this weird thing happened that seemed? Um, so yeah, now that I've done it, I have a lot more horror ideas, uh, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Um, but I also have some just, quote unquote, regular dramas. So um, yeah, to answer your initial question, I think I mean thriller and horror they kind of like lend themselves more toward drama. I mean, there are the rare these out there, and I think uh that that has to be like um I think these that can go together really well, but it has to be really carefully done, and I think it's a lot harder to do that uh, mixture uh whereas horror and drama there's just kind of a natural um like mix of those,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I think I when I first read the description of it, I was like, oh, okay, this seems like it might be one of those like like uh like a little bit more like hill housey if that makes sense, like how kind of Mike Flanagan will take like trauma and make the trauma like manifestations the like horror element. Right. And so I was like super, super uh surprised when the 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 character actually killed the guy and I was like, oh, oh, okay. She's yeah. real. <laughs> like oh like that yeah. actually got
0: me. Yeah. <laughs> That
1: was that word, that, you know that, that, what?
0: That. Speaking of that character, I kind of noticed, and I don't know if this was intentional, but, like, the obsession that Sarah had with Emily, I was, like, it's kind of, like, romantic. And, you know? like, it's kind of, like, <laughs> there's something, like, between them that felt, like, kind of, like, it was, I don't know, like, if there was a third dimension and it wasn't just malicious, it kind of felt yeah. like she was, like, attracted. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that was, like, if that maybe I'm picking up on something that's not even there. <laughs>
1: Um not protecting. Yeah. (laughs) um, That
3: was not my intention. I did have a couple people when I was writing this. I started writing this in film school. And so there were a couple of classmates that kind of brought that up and were um kind of like either picking up on that or they're kind of suggesting I'll go deeper into that. Um the reason I didn't want to, and the reason I, you know, I I kind of wanted to steer away from that, I think the queer community has has often had to deal with um. That issue of homophobia where people think that, you know, like that, uh, like, gay um, obsession that, you know, I I kind of wanted to steer away from that and try to make it um, like keep that out of it. But I know that that can it is kind of ambiguous because, you know, I I understand why some people might think that way um, and see it because it is such a deep obsession, Uh um, if that makes sense. (laughs)
1: yeah yeah definitely makes sense
2: (laughs) so it sounds like you were saying earlier too that um it it almost sounds like you're going to be creating possibly more horror films so are we can we expect more along this type of movie are you going to go kind of more drama what what's kind of coming up for you
3: um it kind of depends. Like right now, I'm in the in the process of developing a bunch of stories, um, and we'll just kind of see what ends up getting uh, getting made first. Like I'm gonna kind
1: of
3: yeah. <laughs> once I have some screenplays uh, that are ready and in good shape, I'm gonna look at um, trying to get a representation, like a manager or something, uh-huh. agent, um, and then going from there, get something sold, or ideally try to find. Um, Producers or investors, and try to get um, get something made independently on a bigger scale than cohabitation. Um, mm-hmm. But currently, I'm working on some dramas, and uh, but I do have a short film that I just filmed. Um, that's thriller uh, genre. So
2: that's nice. So you've definitely got stuff coming up, and we yeah. need to keep our eye
3: out for it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Perfect.
1: I was
0: wondering if there was or if you find there to be a different set of skills that you have to tap into when you're directing versus writing. And then you mentioned producing as well. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they can, in some ways they can go hand in hand because they're all kind of creative and you're, you're creating a story, um, but they are really different. I think ultimately um, I studied writing and I really started off as a writer um, and screenwriting was um, the beginning of it for me and um so that comes naturally is because i've had so much practice at it i've been doing it for over 10 years so um you know writing um is something i really like even though there there are times when it's hard and times when i have to like work to get myself to concentrate and and to get stories um started and stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah writing um is really exciting to me it's really interesting and like I said, just more natural, and so when it comes to directing, that's something I had uh, more to learn about, and I'm still learning about. Um, I feel like the more I, it's like the more you learn, the less you know. And I feel like that way about directing, especially because uh, now that I've made a feature, I'm like, wow, there's so much I don't know about this. Uh, so or, there's just a lot more to learn. So um, directing, yeah, there's a lot more. I mean, it's a lot more visual, so you have to be thinking about. Because as a writer, you're writing it out like this is what happens, and you're describing what's happening visually. But as a director, you have to like execute that and figure out what's going to be most visually appealing, how how you want to frame things, how you know uh, like how close you want the shots to the actors, and um, how many shots you want, like how much editing is going to be involved, what kind of establishing shots you want. Uh, Of course, you're also working with actors as the director, and so you have to think about the best way to communicate with them, to bring out uh, the best, their best performance while also giving them a voice that they need to make as an actor. And so you're not just, like, directly mm-hmm. telling them exactly what to do because uh, that's too stifling for them. So um, it's figuring out, you know, that balance and that collaboration, um, which is a definitely a delicate balance and something I'm still learning. And the more you do it, the more practice you get, the better you get at it. But yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the those are the biggest things as, as a director, and ultimately you have your hand in everything. So you're answering questions about the set design and the costumes and the um, just everything that's going on. You know, <laughs> uh, lighting, obviously, like um, yeah, just everything. Everyone's always asking you questions, and so uh, it's something that you just have to like get used to and and work through. But yeah, I think, so for me, um, directing, I really like it and, uh, but it's, it's definitely comes, um, it's a little more challenging for me, but in a good way, but it is more um, something I have to like work on and and think about a lot more. And when it comes to producing, same thing. I mean, I would prefer not to produce as much. It's more like I've done it out of necessity. (laughs) But I've also learned, I mean, there are some things I like about it, and I have learned a lot doing it. Um, you know, reaching out to people, bringing a crew together, that can be really exciting, and um, finding locations and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, seeing the shoot come together out of nothing, basically, um, yeah. is, can be really exciting. There, there are cool parts to it. There's just a lot of other stuff, like budgeting and fundraising and stuff that I have done. <laughs> uh, but I'm... I, would rather not have to do it going forward. Um, So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, it's all, it is all different skills, but in some ways they go hand in hand too.
1: So on the, I guess, topic of the producing side, Mm -hmm. um, how did you end up going about that with this film? Cause I know you said you filmed it in 2018 in Wisconsin. Um, And so I think, i did end up i've worked with a professor and gone through a bunch of like different classes where they talked about a bunch of different types kind of like they just threw everything at you of like strategies on how to uh get your film like to distributors uh, the festival route etc so i was wondering like which avenues you went to which ones you tried and which ones you may like more than others
3: you mean for funding or for festivals or both or
1: something? Both. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, In whatever order you want.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when it came to funding, um, I started out, I did apply for some grants, which I ended up not getting. I'm sure. I think what I learned from that is I'd probably try to team up with someone or kind of get work with someone that has more experience with uh applying for those and and writing those proposals and things because i feel like that's not quite my forte um but i tried some grants didn't get them Um, ultimately we did crowd budget so we did that on seed and spark and uh you know got my crew together i was mainly the one like the driving force behind that um i did have some casting crew that were helping a little bit it was mostly me doing all of that outreach and and social media posting and everything to get us um, to our goal. And then uh, we did have a small investment and uh, also our total budget was about 25,000 all said and done. Um, And then when it came to festivals, it was the same thing. Like I was, um, I was just researching and trying to find a mix of um, what I try to do is find a mixture of um, festivals that are local. So wherever you're from. So for me, it was Wisconsin at the time, um, you know, because people are going to be excited to see the work of people that they know. So um, I wanted to try to get into some there. So I look for those and then I look for, um, you know, national like things in other States around the country. And then I look for international as well. Um, and then you've also got like in that same category, I would say, is uh, things like women's festivals. Cause I'm a, Female director, um, those types of things. Any you might fall into, or your film might fall into, for uh, because of the filmmakers. Um, that's those are. That's kind of how I categorize them. Those kind of four things. So it's nice to get a mixture of those. Um, so you've got kind of play in many different areas um, and different types of festivals. So. Um, that was my strategy. I kind of had a list going, um, and I also, um, I also like reached out to some waivers for local festivals and things. I tried to get some festival waivers and stuff like that. So just kind of, hey, I'm a you know filmmaker from Wisconsin, and um, <laughs> this is my film. Would, would you and give me a waiver? And just knowing that, you know, worst thing is that they'll say no, and then you can decide to pay for it or not. Yeah, so that's how I handled festivals too.
1: yeah it's interesting because i've always heard it from like the other side of Mm -hmm. the festival and like programmer where they come and talk to you about like oh yeah so this is what i do and i like always have i always look for this and this and i was like i kind of want to know what it's like from the actual filmmaker side though yeah Um, so thank you for indulging me (laughs) because i'm like that's probably gonna be me very soon (laughs) good good um And then i think that the other question was you did say you got distributed through indie brights um that was another kind of thing i wanted to know like what was it like from your point of view on like getting a distributor and like what that process was like
3: yeah so early on um even before we filmed i had been i was in this space like trying to get this film made and, and um started so i was um Kind of like immersing myself in filmmaking as much as I could. I was um, freelancing as my day job, so I was working as a PA uh, on a bunch of different shoots, and I was also uh, listening to film podcasts as often as I could, and just all that stuff. I was tra- trying to read like different things, and uh, a mm-hmm. lot of things. A theme that came up in a lot of podcasts was that you know there are unfortunately a number of distributors out there or sales agents. A lot of times that's what they're called. Um, that they kind of prey on indie filmmakers. They'll reach out uh, and be like, I I saw your film at this festival. It was so great. It's the best thing ever. Uh, You know, we can offer you a distribution deal and all these things and different strategies. It works in a different ways, but ultimately what they do is they get you to sign your film away and then they get it onto streaming platforms, but they don't pay you anything. So they just Mm -hmm. take uh, whatever revenue comes in from it. Um, and then you've signed this contract. So it's like hard to get out of and stuff like mm. that. So I was really leery of that. Cause I'd heard a lot of horror stories from these podcasts I listened to. So I was like, okay. And, uh, one good podcast or a good, um, company I'd heard of was indie rights. And so I looked them up and I found their website was really, um, transparent. They just, um, they kind of lay everything out, like all the things you need to do to submit to them. Um, and then they let, you know that filmmakers get 80% of the revenue and they take 20% um, streaming sites they submit to all of that was just kind of on their website. Um, And then I reached out to a couple of filmmakers that I knew had distributed with them um, that I'd heard on the podcast I listened to um, and asked them what their experience was. And, you know, they told me like pros and cons, but ultimately they, they corroborated all the information that's on the Indie rights site. So I was like, okay, I feel like this is a good, um, this feels right. <laughs> it seems good. Eighty um, percent is a great amount of revenue. So, um, so yeah, that's how I decided to go with them. And then, um, so what they do is they have open submissions, so you can submit to them. Um, just like fill out a form, send them your films. So they can see it, um, and then they'll let you know if they accept you. Uh, and then once they accept you, um, you just have to send them the deliverables. So they'll give you a guide and all the stuff you need to do, um, for the technical side of it. Um, and those are things like, uh, you know, the poster stills, um, the movie with, you have to add their logo to the front of it. Um, Mm -hmm. your trailer, uh, subtitles, you have to send them, um, and they do accept non-English language films, but then you have to send them English and the original language. Um, and then for English films, you have to do English, and then if you want, you could do other languages. But yeah, so it's it's uh, things like that. There's a couple things I'm I'm missing, but um, get them the deliverables, and then uh, once you get that done, as long as you did everything right, um, they will send you. Uh, they'll then they'll do all the work um, to get it onto streaming platforms and everything. So
1: cool. Yeah. Did you end up uh, with your deliverables? Um, like especially your your movie posters did you have to make like a bunch of different versions for them
3: no you only need one
1: oh really yeah neat because i learned that apparently with netflix if you end up getting picked up by netflix they have you send like a bunch of different versions so that yeah. when their algorithm is like mm-hmm. showing your film to people they'll show the poster that most appeals to their algorithm and i was like that's crazy <laughs> but then I was like, I think it happened with me. It was a, it was um, Crimson Peak. And I did not see anybody but Jessica Chastain. And I was like, that's hilarious. Because everyone yeah. else in my family that gets that, they always get, um, what's his face? Tom Hiddleston. And I was like, stop. That's hilarious. And so right. I, was, I was curious. Yeah. About- <laughs> you had to get a really bunch of different types.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't know that. But that's really interesting. But I mean, Netflix is a whole other
1: oh my goodness <laughs>
3: like they're, they're so big um i think you have to be really big to be acquired by them or work with a bigger distribution distribution company right mm-hmm. this doesn't really work with them but yeah it makes yeah. sense so
1: <laughs> yeah because i was wondering because you you are on like tv and um you said amazon right yeah yeah so i was wondering if amazon may have been similar but
3: no amazon i mean for indie rights you send them five different stills and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the um what they use for like the background part there's like a poster on the background yeah like like, the rest of the screen to fill in um so yeah you send five stills to indie rights and then they'll send i think they send three to amazon and amazon just picks one so
1: that's neat i wonder if they target their audience as well
3: (laughs) I know. Yeah, I wonder about that, too, um, or which one they like. I actually didn't. I was a little confused because Indie Rights makes it really clear in their deliverables guide that you need to pick one that you want on Amazon and label that for Amazon. So I did. <laughs> and then when it came out, it was a different one. And I was like, <laughs> this one's fine. Like, one of my it's still labeled. I was just kind of trying to figure out why, because they're so specific, like, label one for Amazon. And then um, they told me later that they're like, oh, yeah, we send three to Amazon and they, they pick. So
1: it's OK. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. But <From> director's choice. <laughs> right. So, yeah. It's funny.
0: I had a question, um, because you mentioned earlier that you um, have been writing for over 10 years. Um, how did you get into film? Or what brought you? And what brought that curiosity?
3: Gosh, I think it's always like I whenever I explain this, it's kind of like explaining how my mind works. But basically, <laughs> it's always when I was I mean, even from a really young age, I was always kind of um, fascinated by what I saw on TV and, and in the sense that I wanted to like recreate it. Or when I was by myself, I was kind of imagining that I was like on I was a newscaster. Or I was like in an infomercial, like whatever I saw, like or Star Wars, when my parents had that. <laughs> recreating in my brain um and then you know eventually getting to a point where i was like creating original stories um and i always like imagine um conversations before i have them (laughs) it's like reimagining and stuff like that um and uh it's like practicing in my head but i think that kind of naturally progressed into like screenwriting and and writing films because that's a lot of dialogue is a big part of it um so yeah it was always that that visual and then i was always interested in writing like i wrote um i got my bachelor's in english before i went to film school and so i wrote that was all um different types of writing that i did i did uh nonfiction, fiction poetry a little bit of playwriting um i took some theater classes too um technical writing like it was just every kind of writing except for <laughs> screenwriting pretty much um so i've you know, dabbled in all kinds of writing and storytelling, which I'm, I'm still really interested in, but I've always mostly, most been interested in screenwriting. And so that was just the strongest pull, that visual element. Um, and i find the, like, now that I've primarily been screenwriting for like, a, it'd be hard to go back and try to write something like a fiction story. Just because there's so much more um, description that you need when it comes to fiction when you're reading something <laughs> versus, like, seeing it on screen. For screenwriting, by comparison, is just so much more minimal. I think that works with my mind because I, I kind of get, like, annoyed with, with like, describing a room or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: When you're yep. reading a book, you have to kind of imagine what that is like oh my god it's so boring right and so, <laughs> you know, and just in a script i'm just like it's a it's a normal sized bedroom with
2: this and that, like a couple details <laughs> and like, the
3: rest pass it
1: of off the to the set <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and sometimes even less detail the better right exactly
1: yeah
3: so um or i can always come back to it sometimes when i'm writing i sit there and i'm like oh how do i describe this room and it's just like just just write that it's this room that <laughs> you can come back to it like, you know when, <laughs> or when you're shooting so yeah, yeah. Less
1: I detail, uh the less the the budget looks at yeah, first look at the script. Exactly. And they're like, oh, okay, it's easy. It's just like a regular bedroom. Do whatever you want with that. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be in a bedroom. It could be anywhere.
3: Right. Well that's another <laughs> thing too, that like the the, you know, when you're collaborating with the production designer, they'll, you know, they'll probably ask you questions. but also having read the script, they'll know certain things about the character. Things that just kind of make sense that you don't necessarily have to script. It's gonna be it's going to yeah. make sense for the character. And that's going to be something that the production designer can bring their own creativity into as uh-huh. well. So yeah.
0: In terms of the visual, this is going to be my last like, hard-hitting question. <laughs> um, in cohabitation, um, I noticed like a lot of the colors were like very like, monochrome, very dull down, like, very mellow. Um, and I was wondering if that was intentional or how you used colors to like, help deliver the story.
3: Yeah, I mean to be honest, I think um, thinking about color is something I need to—I want to I wanna be more conscious of when I'm when I'm directing going forward. Um, but I had a production designer; that she did a great job. I think um, she brought so much detail and stuff into it. Um, but yeah, she did a lot of that, and we had a couple art assistants as well who who also helped with the costumes and brought out you know some of those. Um, duller like colors those monochrome um that you're saying yeah i mean ultimately we just wanted something that was we didn't want something super bright or like anything anything that's really bright could be kind of seen as like really happy colors or whatever Mm -hmm. we want to kind of steer away from that because that's not what the story is about (laughs) um so Yeah. yeah it's just kind of like setting that mood ultimately is what we were going for
1: That's great. is high five a real coffee shop. Hi, was hi. I was like, is yeah. it a real coffee shop? Uh, want to go.
3: In Milwaukee, we uh, yeah, we went there and they're very um, open-minded to uh, filmmakers. I think I knew we were looking for a coffee shop and we knew someone else who would film there, and said so they were really chill. And so yeah, we just That's went.
1: Awesome.
3: One of the extras was actually like the guy who works there.
1: So. <laughs> that's cute that's good that's good and i was like is that a real coffee shop this was yes. so cute the neon signs and everything what yes then we didn't we didn't have to do much uh
3: by way of production design so, <laughs> so if
1: you're
3: Beautiful. in Milwaukee you should go to Fi. that's cool I
1: shall I shall I will <laughs>
2: I have a question um, that, and it's kind of jumping back just a little bit. Um, but I was told once that uh, when you're making a movie, you make three different movies: the movie that you write, the movie that you uh, direct, and then the movie that you edit. Mm-hmm. As you're kind of going through the process, did you find that to be true, or was it easier because you're kind of writing, directing, producing?
3: I think. I mean, I think that's a great quote. I've heard that before, and I think that is. That definitely makes sense because there are certain things that we did change from the script and, um, you know, that I didn't even necessarily rewrite. It's just like, why don't we change it to uh, from this thing to that thing? Um, And some things I did, I I write it really quickly. So we had kind of a blueprint. Um, But like, for example, the uh, foot chase when Sarah's chasing Emily, um, that was originally going to be a car chase. And uh, we were kind of like, that's kind of hard to do
1: <laughs>
3: um, even though we had ideas without like showing it, but we could kind of sell it on screen, we're just like that's still going to be really hard, like driving around, like all this stuff. So we decided mm-hmm. to change that to a foot chase. Um, and certain things we decided to cut out, or it's like, do we need this? Can we live without it? You know, stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, when you're directing, that's uh, it's kind of some of what I was just talking about. Um, then editing same thing there's certain things that um we just had to like figure out how to put together because we didn't have the footage or it's like looking back it's like oh i, I kind of dropped the ball we should have filmed that or you know um so we got to kind of work with what we have and, and figure out or it's like oh that performance i wish we had something better but this is the best we have so how do we make uh-huh. it look the best we can um yeah so that's how that process for me yeah, I mean, I had a hand in every process, but I think I think that <laughs> quote really does ring true. Ultimately, that there are three versions of it, and ultimately, what matters is the final one. Uh-huh. We all know
2: i do i do have to give you props for the foot chase and and pretty much all of the night scenes because yeah. it seems to be like right now especially in hollywood
3: mm-hmm.
2: night scenes dark scenes you can't see anything you're pretty yeah. much just listening to what's going on but right. i could see what was going on <laughs> and yeah. it was like the first time in a while so like mm-hmm. i like i gotta give you props for that you had the lighting <laughs> down really great for all of that especially yeah. um with like the dream sequences and when she was explaining what had actually happened um yeah when she lost uh, her, her patient. Yeah. Um, it all, it was just so beautiful that lighting. Cause it, it spotlighted what needed to be shown. Um, and then, like I said, you could see everything. Um, yeah. So thank you so much.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm glad Yeah, you know, that trend is getting a lot of people making fun of it, but it's true. It's like, you have, there's only so dark you can go before people mm-hmm. just can't see anything. You've got yeah. that balance. Like you can have it moody and dramatic without being, almost completely dark so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah we gotta work on that that was funny i see like game of thrones all of their um there's like an entire uh i think it was like a buzzfeed article on like like tv settings to put on in order to make so you can actually see and i was like that's crazy (laughs) like really (laughs) yeah Yeah. i was like what (laughs) yeah feel like that's a little a little much to be <laughs> having your audience too
3: <laughs> well then because then like if you have any lights on you can't even see the screen it's like you have to yeah. watch it in complete darkness too yeah yeah like i
1: literally can only watch it at night i can't watch it during right. the day <laughs> exactly
0: yeah that's crazy i saw like screenshots from the, the new halloween movie and they were pretty like flat dark like yeah. you just could not see anything right
1: yeah, On the so bright side, fun. it doesn't a, big feel movie. a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Like oh, okay, so I can't get away with that then.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of reassuring. <laughs> yeah.
3: Another another reason you you should watch cohabitation because you can see all the scenes.
2: <sighs> <Exactly>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so from uh yes. no guessing what's happening.
1: Exactly. You know, you can actually see everything. It was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had one question, just mm-hmm. more as like a personal one i guess um but like what was your your like inspiration or like why did you choose this story for this film like this one to be a feature my
3: first in film school uh i was writing uh at vancouver at vancouver film school studying writing so we did a lot of writing throughout the year uh, which is great but and the first i wrote two features so the first one is like not in good shape basically if i ever go back to that story i would would change a lot it really wouldn't be the same story um but then this was my second one and uh, i felt like it was really strong um like strong story to start and then like obviously did a lot of revisions and stuff that made it even better so yeah but i mean the the inspiration for the story i had a different kind of start when it came to roommates and and drama and like mis- mystery and all of that uh, and uh, ended up like pitching it in my writing class and it kind of like it just didn't seem to have legs like that story and so uh, I won't get into it but we kind of shifted and they gave me some ideas like what if it what if this and what if that and kind of gave me some ideas on how we could change it and so uh, this is what it became this is how I developed it into uh, with their help and so um, yeah and for me when it came to creating the story, I, I was really interested at the time and, in, in, um, you know, that classic, like, good versus evil, but also, like, how the things that happened, how we mm-hmm. can either, you know, we can kind of, you know, become bitter and become, you know, turn yeah. toward that evil path or we can, like, choose good and still um, try to find the good in the world. And so it's kind of like that, um, the kind of classic conflict that I was interested in.
1: Yeah, I really liked the main conflict between those two characters, especially at the end when, yeah. you know, she's conflicted because she's like, okay, I am, like, I was a paramedic, I'm not right. anymore, but, like, that still is where, like, her heart is, and then yeah. the other being like, you're a paramedic and I need to exact revenge because I called paramedics and they didn't help, and then having that, like, struggle of, like, okay, yeah. but, like, can I help you still out of this? And it was it was good, right. I liked it. It was very interesting.
3: Yeah, for sure. I'm glad
1: you like that. I think i a lot of the questions that I had.
0: <laughs> I know. I think I asked all my questions, Whitney. Do you have anything you'd like to end on?
2: What I guess, what recommendations for movies would you have um, based off what kind of like inspired you when writing this?
3: But when it comes to movies that I've that I've watched, like afterwards, um, bringing out the dead is an interesting um strange movie but uh that's kind of a good one i um and then single white female is somewhat similar exactly. and a lot of people have have brought that up and i remember when mm-hmm. I saying that when i was writing it too like it's kind of like this and uh some people have said that like in reviews and stuff that it's similar which i do understand i've seen it um and i do understand but i'm glad it's also like cohabitation does stand alone it's it's um has its differences as well
1: hmm yeah it kind of reminded me of hard candy i don't know if you've seen that but that was a yeah. movie that was recommended to me uh by a friend recently because he was like this is this is inspo for something i want to do like later and then i was watching this and i was like you know what this is hard candy vibes and so i guess as like another recommendation if anyone's interested
3: yeah check that that one out too. i didn't think of that but that would make sense yeah. i see the connection that's cool yeah
1: nice especially the coloring low-key the coloring like actually like really made me think of it. Yeah. Which I actually thought was like really cool. So yeah. Nice.
3: Yeah.
0: Cool. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's been amazing having you on. Um I hope that when your next movie comes out, you'll be back on the podcast and we can all talk about it again. (laughs)
3: Totally. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was super fun. And anyone, um, if you do check it out, uh, if you rate and and review, that helps us out a lot. So you can do that on Amazon or IMDb.